I'm Tisha Bader, and in the news, we continue to watch and update you on the situation in Israel on the judicial reform overhaul crisis, including the diplomatic aspect with the United States. And joining us is the perfect person to talk about that, former Israeli ambassador to the U.S., Danny Ayalon. Danny, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Tisha. Thank you. So let's start with the U.S. response. I just want to mention to our viewers also, we're taping this on Thursday, March the 30th. And on Tuesday, uh, President Biden was asked about the current situation in Israel. And he said something to the effect of hopefully uh, Netanyahu will act and do what needs to be done and will reach a compromise. And that remains to be seen. And then when he, when he was asked whether he would be inviting the prime minister to the White House, he said, not in the near term. So that's kind of a, a major uh, event that happened. And then we have the response of, of Netanyahu. But just talk for a minute about that initial statement from uh, the U.S. president. And then we can talk about Netanyahu's response and how things kind of feel today. Sure. Well, President Biden, who... Um you know, in no doubt, he's a great friend of uh, of Israel. I have had a chance to meet with him. I have hours and hours of meeting with him when I was in Washington and he was uh, a member of the Foreign Affairs uh, Committee in the Senate, uh, Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate, and then sometime chairman of it. He is a real, I mean, he feels it in his gut, his love to Israel. He, um, you know, even is not hesitating, doesn't hesitate to say that he's a Zionist, not just in private, but also in public. So there is no doubt in my mind that uh, his words and actions are coming from a very, very genuine concern about what is happening here in Israel. Now, this was um, taken quite by surprise by the prime minister here, Netanyahu and his people, because uh, they were quite certain that uh, Netanyahu uh, would be uh, soon invited to, uh, to Washington DC, to the White House, um, maybe even right after Passover which, you know, we are starting pretty soon. So, um, so the remarks by, the, uh, by, Mr. by President Biden were taken here, I would say, almost as an affront. I mean, this is quite unfortunate because uh, there are so many most important things on the agenda now between Israel and the United States. Uh, you know, Iran is uh, uh, just almost breaking through to weapon-grade um, enriched uranium, 84% already. They need only six more to 90%. And then, of course, it's not weaponized yet, but you know it's a major um, milestone ahead. Then we have Hezbollah, much more brazen act. And we have uh, Ramadan, or the uh, holy month of, uh, of Islam, where millions of Palestinians uh, go to the churches in Judea and Samaria, and other areas, of course, and, and where they get, unfortunately, a lot of incitement, you know, uh, against Jews and against Israel. And then we have Hamas. And um, we do need to consult and to, as, as we have always done, to consult together with the United States and form a strategy. We need a strategy very, very uh, badly. Now, from Biden's perspective and the Americans, they also say you know, we do not understand with all these challenges that Israel have, you know, surrounding Israel right now, as I mentioned uh, now, why is it so important to have this legislation 
right at this moment, in this way, such an intense, as they call it, a blitz of legislation. So I think uh, uh, we should, um, my uh, suggestion is to bite our lips on both sides of the oceans and, um, and think rationally and not emotionally. So um, for um, Mr. Netanyahu, he has already suspended or at least uh, stopped at least for a while, this legislation. And I think that was a very, very important move. And um, now the opposition and coalition under the auspices of President Buzi Herzog in Jerusalem, in his residence, are talking about some, um, I would say, compromise that would accommodate all and really would fit uh, for, um, you know, the, the, on the one hand, Jewish values, Israeli um, interests and, uh, and um, the most important thing is to quiet, quiet um, the, the demonstrations and um, the real concern uh, on, on the streets. So um, once I guess we can, if we reach a compromise, things can really become much better and, um, and we can charge ahead uh, for the best interest of Israel and the United States. So it seems to me like um, the, the Biden administration's approach now is wait and see uh, what could come out of these negotiations in the uh, president's home in Israel vis-a-vis -vis the legislation. Yeah, and it's, um, it's interesting. So in Netanyahu's response, we'll just go back a bit to, I think this was later on Tuesday, um, it seems like he's pretty much took the high road, uh, saying, reiterating how the U.S.-Israel bond is unshakable and that, you know, occasionally friends, even the best of friends, have disagreements. Also saying, though, he made it a point to say that Israel is a sovereign country, which makes its own decisions, right? And then we had the White House um, responding to that, sort of, it seemed like things had sort of calmed down a bit. Also saying, even friends disagree, uh, Netanyahu and Biden have great respect for each other. They've been friends for 40 years, et cetera. So it seems for now that that perhaps bit of a kerfuffle has been um, calmed for the moment. But as you said, it remains to be seen what can be reached through these discussions now uh, under President Herzog. Donnie, what do you think the chances are to reach some sort of broad consensus? Because we've heard the prime minister say, we're gonna push these judicial reforms through in the end, but we hope to do so with a broader consensus by, by the people, right? And by the leaders of the opposition. So what do you think the real chances are for that to happen and what will that look like in your opinion? Yeah, well, first off, Tisha, realistically, uh, a uh, reform uh, with such a scope uh, and caliber can only be pushed through consensus. So I hope this will be the case because if it does not reach consensus and the coalition and the Netanyahu government continues to push through with the legislation, I'm afraid on the one hand, the Israeli people will continue to be torn apart, almost in the middle. And, uh, and also, um, I'm not sure that uh, they will be accepted by the Supreme Court, which can override. Still, the Supreme Court has the override uh, uh, um, uh, powers and certainly uh, part of the legislation is to take away the, some of the power of uh, the, the um, Supreme Court. But you cannot legislate retroactively. 
So when if these laws pass in the Knesset, the Supreme Court will still be able to nix them. And then we may have a uh, constitutional um, crisis of unprecedented uh, um, you know, magnitude because then the government may say, no, we, uh, we, sh- we abide by the law. The Supreme Court says this is not a quote unquote constitutional law, although we don't have a constitution, but we have some basic laws as a basis for a future constitution. And then it, the dilemma would be of all the um, law enforcement uh, um, agencies in Israel and all the bureaucracy, who do they answer to? Do they answer to the government? Do they answer to the law as presented by the Supreme Court? And I can tell you from what I can understand now and the different, uh, uh, I would say, um, advanced um, um, feelings uh, is that most everyone here will adhere to the law. And then I'm afraid then, it's going to be either a paralysis or, or we'll have to go to another uh, election soon. So you're saying that most people would, would abide by the, the Supreme Court ruling on, on this ultimately? Yes, and we, we have some uh, indications already by uh, um, you know, the, the chief of police and the head of uh, Shin Bet and of Mossad and uh, um, all the ministries and you know the bureaucracies. Yes, that this is uh, the case, and you know I do not uh, blame them because uh, you know uh, you cannot uh, probably change the rules of the game in the middle of the game, and certainly not in consensus here in Israel. So I think it was very smart of uh, Netanyahu to you know bring this process right now to a halt with the hope that some consensus can be reached. And maybe, maybe, also my suggestion, you know, politics is the uh, art of the possible. Maybe uh, it's not the right time to push the entire um, uh, reform and you can do a little bit, you know, little by by little and maybe check, wait and check to see the effect. Um, You know, reforms, especially uh, in such magnitude, in the certainly in the important judicial, um, uh, system uh, could uh, sh- and maybe should take some time of checks and balances and rechecking and examination. Uh, you see, Tisha, the um, reform has, as it has been presented now, was formed uh, mostly, if not all, by um, litigators and lawyers, you know, people of the law. So no um, other considerations of strategic value were taken. For instance, what is this reform will do on Israel's economy, on Israel's society, on Israel's security? For instance, one of the uh, main concerns here is that our uh, Supreme Court, which is one of the most respected in the world because it is seen independent, uh, has actually uh, provided I would say a legal iron dome for Israel, protecting its soldiers, protecting its generals. Unfortunately, you know, the Palestinians are trying to uh, actually fight us uh, in international organizations, uh, uh, including the ICC, International Court of uh, Criminal Court, or in the International Court of Justice, anywhere. 
And right now, according to the practice internationally, if the country has a, uh, a uh, independent judicial that can investigate itself, then there is no validity and there is no need for international investigation. This has been so far, um, you know, the, uh, the going, uh, I would say, uh, uh, way. And so that could change. Again, if the international community will see uh, that this reform takes away and actually uh, encroaches on the checks and balances. So this is also a concern that has to be addressed. The economist, the same way, you know, all the uh, um, standard and poor and um, other rating organizations also say that without an independent, in their mind, Supreme Court, then maybe uh, not only, um, let's say, civil rights or human rights can be in jeopardy because then the, the, legislate, the um, executive branch can do whatever they want, but also property uh, rights. And we have seen already that the flow of investments into Israel has slowed down dramatically. So all these things have to be taken uh, into consideration and we should do it very, very slowly, very judiciously. So this is why I do hope that we will reach a consensus. And this is if we go back, Pisha, to what uh, was the, the, I tell you, the strongest argument of President Biden of not seeing Netanyahu right now is that the United States, their interest is also to have a broad understanding and consensus, consensus in Israel. And why is that? Because the US uh, um, interest here in the region is a strong Israel. A strong Israel also represents American uh, interests here by deterrence, by keeping the, uh, uh, the, the region here more stable, less um, tension. Oil prices do not go up because of some skirmishes or because of uh, uh, wars. American lives are being protected. So there are many, many uh, factors here. And uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, right now. Uh, you know, the Knesset, our legislative uh, branch, is in recess until the 1st of May. So certainly there is, um, I would say, almost uh, a month to see where we are headed. Yes, and time for dialogue and hopefully, as you said, steps to be taken to either reach a broad consensus, a compromise, or to scale back and say, okay, we're going to choose this particular judicial reform to introduce perhaps now and not this like blitz, as you said earlier, that was clearly uh, not, the, not the approach with the most consideration of how it would actually impact Israeli society. The, the, the mass protests are really something unprecedented. Donna, you've been in Israel, you, you've, you were, you've seen things over your decades of service. Have you ever seen anything like the hundreds of thousands of people that took to the streets across the country wrapped in Israeli flags saying we are fighting for the country. Have you ever seen or thought you would see anything like that before? Not ever in my life. And I can tell you, it seems like the, uh, the zeal and the enthusiasm and the energy that we see here on, let's say, the, uh, the liberal camp or uh, left and center as opposed to uh, center-right. Uh, also, by the way, it was not just uh, center-left people. Also, people from the right were also joining the demonstrations. And it seems like this uh, enthusiasm we have seen before 
only on the um, right of center camp, not anymore. And that uh, means that really the people of Israel really care about their uh, style of democracy. And I think this is really a badge of honor to the Israeli society that uh, the people care. Look, Isha, I compare it to demonstrations, which are, by, by the way, much more violent in Paris and in France. Why do the people in France uh, are coming, are going out to the streets? Because of some benefits, you know, because of pension age, you know, whether to raise the pension age or not. Here, it's about values. It's about really the uh, the spirit of the country as they perceive it uh, on the on the center uh, left, and, it, and even broader than that, I, I would say. So, um, and the fact that. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of people are marching in the streets. Uh, violence is minimized. Nobody was really hurt seriously. Uh, the police, uh, I think, also uh, did a fairly good job and uh, keeping uh, with the uh, democratic rights of people to demonstrate, uh, even in such big masses. And um, and I think people, I speak with people around the world. You know, they look at all with uh, the process that Israel is undergoing. And I do believe, I do believe that at the end of the process, whenever it comes uh, about, Israel will come out much stronger. I hope you're right. Absolutely, Danny. And, um, and I, you know, I would love to sort of just look sort of at the other side, if we want to call it the other side, and those who are for the overhaul and those who feel like it is something that is needed in Israel, you know, to sort of remove politics from this equation for a moment. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that some reforms may in fact be needed to give Israel more of a balanced um, you know, spread of control over the judiciary and the legislative and the, the executive. So can you just touch on that for a little right. bit? So we, I want to right. give a fair picture. Right, well, it's, it's hard to refer to them as the other side. We are all on one side. This is You're why, right. you know, like right. family feud. This is why it's tearing apart sometimes even families and friends. I would tell you, uh, for one, I am for reforms. I mean, we do need reforms in the system. You know, uh, we have the same system for the last uh, 75 or at least uh, 30 years since the 91 when there were also some... Uh, active reform with some uh, basic laws that were uh, introduced. Uh, we do need reform, absolutely. But I, my uh, approach is that before any reform, how much is it needed, we need to keep the unity of the country, the solidarity of brother to brother. And we need to, um, uh, I mean, unit, and unity is not uniformity. You know, Jews would never, ever be uniform as they ever been before. Every one of us has at least two or three ideas. Absolutely. This is part of our strength that we look at things, we examine things, we debate, we crystallize to, uh, to, you know, to, to almost we, uh, to, to the, the finest resolution uh, every, uh, uh, every issue, every idea. Um, but uh, uh, we should do it in, in a consensus. Uh, I certainly believe that um, uh, the Knesset could have and uh, override the majority, you know, uh, so that, uh, and, and override over uh, the Supreme Court decisions, but it cannot be a regular majority. 
it has to be a special majority. So more and than 61 is what you're saying. Like, what, what would you propose? 70, 80, or just... I absolutely, absolutely. 61 is not rational. 61 is the minimum uh, number that you need to uh, form a government. You know, 61 out of 120. Right. So you cannot just have all these powers in the government. And I know I've been in the Knesset as a member of Knesset, as well as in the government as deputy foreign minister. So I know we do not have the firewall between the legislative and the executive branch as in the United States. In the United States, the secretaries, the cabinet are not members of the Senate or the Congress. Here we are. And uh, so, so that's why we have to be much more careful because basically the coalition, which has, let's say, even the minimum a majority of 61, they control the Knesset. So basically what happens is that instead of having three uh, branches, we'll have only one branch, which is the government. So I can see why people are looking at it with concern. And I say that as coming from the right of center, as one who believes in reform, but it's also a matter of, uh, um, of uh, proportions. You know, what do we do? About the Supreme Court itself, I would like to see uh, more, um, let's say, uh, opportunity for, um, let's say, uh, uh, Sparadi Jews in the court. Right now, in the Supreme Court, we have 15 members, only one is Sparadi. You know, this is a little bit uh, odd. Certainly, we could have more. So, you know, the selection uh, committee could also be adjusted. But again, it has to be in a very, very uh, judicial way to do it. So do you think that in these negotiations now with President Herzog, if there were some reforms that were introduced, do you think the opposition leaders, Benny Gantz, Yair Lapid, would be placated by you know, saying, okay, these reforms would be okay, these other ones were not okay with? Do you think there's a middle ground to be found with some of the reforms being passed in the Knesset? Yeah, Tisha, that's a very good question. I believe so. I believe that some issues, you know, even in the opposition, you know, Gantz and Lafitte, they say, yes, we do need reforms. That's why they are coming to talk. Otherwise, you know, it would be a, a, a total, you know, uh, a waste of time uh, down here. Okay. So, yes. And again, it's a matter of uh, proportions. So uh, I believe that uh, um, the, um, uh, you know, overriding of the Knesset over the judicial in the right number of the majority can be reached. The selection uh, committee for uh, justices is a little bit more complicated. I think that would be an, an issue that would be even more difficult uh, to solve. Why? Because right now there is no trust, unfortunately, between opposition and coalition. What do the opposition say? They say, listen, uh, if you give uh, the uh, the coalition a um, a majority in this uh, committee, uh, even for one or two justices, um, then it may be construed as a personal legislation for one person, uh, which right now is in conflict. Unfortunately, this is the Prime Minister Netanyahu who stands in trial on three cases. So they say, you know, uh, it, it could be seen as kind of personal legislation for the benefit of Netanyahu. So this is why I believe that we need to find a middle road 
where everybody will be happy. No, you know, negotiations, you know, good results of negotiation is that nobody's happy. You know, everyone has to give in something. So we'll have to wait and see. I hope the people and the, I mean, the, that uh, the leaders of both, on both sides of opposition and the coalition are mature enough and responsible enough. Because again, Tisha, I go back to how we, what we started. We do not have the, uh, the luxury of dealing with things like reforms when we have Iran around the corner. And that's a, a good point, Donnie. You know, one of the songs that the protesters have been singing and this beautiful song, Ein li eretz acheret, right? We don't have another country. This is, this is the state of Israel. This is the only Jewish state. Um, we need to really work to preserve it and keep everybody in a, in a situation where there isn't this deep tear um, in society. And I would, you know, you mentioned Passover coming soon, and then we have Yom Ha'atzma'ut, Israel's Independence Day, 75 years. And of course, that follows Israel's Memorial Day, Yom Hazikaron, where the, the state and the people come together to mourn their fallen. These are critical days that usually really bring everyone together. So what can you, what words, what hopes can you leave us with hoping for unity and, and, and facing these days ahead as not just the state of Israel, but the Jewish people? Absolutely unity. And again, no uniformity. Nobody expects uniformity. Absolutely unity and getting back, you know, uh, understanding that, you know, not only we have a shared past, but a common destiny. Uh, and, uh, you know, when, when we say only we don't have any other country, it goes for the two sides on the aisle, if you say on the political aisle. Um, when one, you know, uh, everybody in the, on the streets, in the demonstrations, they all carry one flag, you know, is the blue and white. So, uh, so we have to understand the blue and white is, is what really covers our entire I would say our entire um, uh, uh, future. And uh, again, I hope we will have responsible leaders that will put aside egos and other considerations, personal considerations, and look ahead for the benefit of the country and of the Jewish people. Amen. I will say a big amen to that and, and wish you Chag Sameach and just thank you so much for for sharing your incredible experience, your expertise and your very balanced and sound perspective. We appreciate it tremendously. Thank you, Fisha, and Chag Sameach to you and to all your viewers. Thank you so much. Former Israeli ambassador to the United States, Dani Ayalon, here with us on JBS once again. Thank you so much, Dani. And thank you as always to our director, Sloan Copeland, managing director, Dara Golub, technical manager, Michael Paley, Transmissions Manager, John McDevitt, and to our producer, Carol Lilienthal. And of course, thank you for watching In the News. Thank you.